0: Welcome to ZulcanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only.
1: Welcome to Cast episode 40, Rice and Rice. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah white owner
0: of Sulcana Fitness and Wellness. And I'm your other host, Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner, running my practice out of Sulcana Wellness, also owner of Essential Omnivore. Just going to plug that, because you know why not. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't, but like, it's my handle on social media. So. Yes,
1: you can find us both on social media <laughs> if you like. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, and then. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but don't, don't. I'd don't rather you find me creeper. on Instagram yeah. at funny lady pants or Twitter at funny lady pants.
0: Nice. Do you like to tweet?
1: I don't.
0: <laughs> Damn. Okay. I don't.
1: But I. But the reason I'm on Twitter is because, well, you know, you got to cross promote, but also. I like to follow other people on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I don't. I'm not very like. Even though my name is Funny Lady Pants, on Twitter, I don't curate my funnies to 140 characters. That's a special talent.
0: Yeah, it it is to be funny in that
1: short of a time. I'm more of a long-winded setup.
0: (laughs) Playing the long game.
1: Yeah, I'm here to make you laugh in the long haul. Yeah, not
0: immediately. Sure. Anyway. Anywho.
1: What were we talking about? How was your week? My How week, was your two weeks?
0: Yeah. We, we
1: missed last week, everybody. Yeah. And we, we had a friend pass away, and yeah. it just did not feel like we had the love to give to the podcast no. for a week. So...
0: I think we all wanted to be a little bit more internal. Yes. Like, definitely be with each other, but, like, not be trying to, like... Not
1: be trying to talk about stuff. I don't yeah. know. So we, we took a week off. Hope yeah. you all had a, a restful week.
0: Totally. So that week was really tough and really sad, and definitely still feeling um, a lot of feelings from that. And I think that's what grief is. It just mm-hmm. comes and goes as it as it does. Um, for me personally, things are things are fine. There's nothing too crazy going on. Enjoying the warmer weather, and mm-hmm. I am training so Hazel, nice. my dog, like crazy. We are going on very structured walks, and every interaction we have is very structured. and That's and exactly
1: I, what is doing right now, too.
0: Yeah, and it's been really rewarding. And it's not totally new. Like, we've done a lot of structure before, but it's like, I'm feeling like I have the energy to do that again. Yeah. And like commit to it
1: yeah yeah it's definitely a commitment because they don't remember after the first time no (laughs) well they remember but they're like I could probably get away with this again if I just try it one more time and then they do and then they're like oh yeah I never need to worry about that structure
0: for Hazel it's so much confidence building too like that's where we need that repetition because she is very submissive and wants to be such a good girl but she's so nervous about everything that she's like default to not knowing what to do yeah yeah how was your week
1: uh you know same thing I was pretty very sad still trying to navigate my way through that um physically I think it's hard for some reason sleeping is hard so Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make sure I do that Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to Chicago with seven teenagers over the weekend (laughs) which was like
0: oh it was just you as an adult right uh yeah yeah that's a lot
1: it was a lot (laughs) it was a lot but they were good. They were they're good kids. The, yeah. It's just a lot of, um, you know, like I'm used to having. Well, I'm not used to that. I, I, I'm always desiring time to be alone and recover, and I just didn't have it. I haven't had it in like three weeks. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm in need of it. I'm in need of some time. Okay. I will say Tuesday morning, Chris, uh, the contractor, came over <laughs> to my house and cut down all the trees in my yard. Cool. So then I spent like four hours in the morning cutting. All the branches off and turning them into kindling and firewood.
0: Was it, like, meditative? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was exhausting. Like, my back was really tired and my arms were getting tired. But uh, it was, like, I really needed to spend some time, hands to dirt. Yeah. So this weekend I'm planning on, on building... Two garden boxes in my backyard.
0: Oh my God, you and I are so similar, Hannah. So, That's so weird. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Well, next weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: I'm really excited for that. I'm going, and i next week. I'm going to Costa Rica. <gasps> so. So you'll get some vacay time.
0: Yes. For real. I will
1: get some vacay time on a beach.
0: Do you get an unplug?
1: Yeah, I yeah. I'm going, I'm to. going to. Yeah. I don't There's... really have an option because mm-hmm. my phone doesn't exactly get like data yeah. while I'm down there. So. We'll see how that goes this is my mom should be fun
0: i think you guys are gonna have a blast i
1: hope so i i could definitely use it Yeah.
0: even the fact that you'll be getting some sunshine even though it's sunnier here but it's like this is like that type of sunshine is gonna like permeate your skin give you vitamin d gonna make it's gonna be like a happy infusion for however how long you're going 10 days eight days eight days
1: yeah and then i actually come back and i leave for phoenix the next day so i'll be in phoenix for three days which was a trip I'd already had planned um, teaching improv down there. Mm-hmm. And then my mom scheduled this other one. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that works out because yeah. I can just like go straight away to the next one and then yep. come back and be ready to get back to life.
0: When you're doing – when you're teaching and you're kind of going out of the state or like out of the city for that, is it – do you consider that a vacation? or No, you,
1: it's definitely work. It's I mean, work. it's fun, but like I'm on the whole time because yeah. I'm – I have to teach usually one or two workshops that are two to three hours long each. Mm-hmm. Then you perform, and then people want to talk to you. And, like, you know, there's lots of social things um, set up, and it's a lot of work because you're getting to know people. Yeah. So it's not just, like, casual with your friends. It's, like, people you don't know. You can't loosen up always. And, you know, people that were in your class and stuff like that during the day They might, might be asking lots of improv questions. Mm. But it's it's fun. It's just, like, it's not... There's not a lot of, like, lay-by-the-pool time.
0: Yeah. Very different than Coast Yeah, you don't
1: really see those cities very much. Yeah. Like, you just kind of stay around the theater area and... Phoenix?
0: Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, cool.
1: Yeah. I don't really need to see much in the city anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Phoenix.
0: You're fine, Phoenix. You're fine. Yeah. So. Um, well, then you've got some trips coming up. Yay! I'm actually going tomorrow to Salt Lake City, so Woo-hoo! we both got some vacations.
1: Yeah, so don't expect an episode next week. Sorry. Sorry. Maybe I'll <laughs> We'll phone it in. No, we won't. We're, We're both won't. going on vacation. Goodbye.
0: I, I love that idea, but we won't. Okay. We could do that someday. Though. We're not doing it, though. <laughs> no, not, not. We're going those.
1: on vacation. Yeah. And that is all there is to it.
0: Okay. I'm going to put on my vacation responder. It's going to be great. <gasps> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Rice and rice. Let's talk about rice. Um, we're talking about different types of rice. Yes. Yeah,
1: so I'm talking about the rice protocol. Yeah,
0: R-I-C-E. Yep. Any and you're talking about rice the food. I'm talking about rice the rice food. Um specifically kind of talking about white rice. I don't know. I feel like I've talked about rice in other podcasts before. We know it's a carbohydrate. We know it's a starchy carbohydrate. But I still feel like it needs its own episode. Yeah,
1: because because people are always people always be eating brown rice as a healthy alternative and I'm like, "No, you're doing that wrong."
0: Uh, yeah yes and no okay like they're, fine well, but
1: I'm very staunch I like to say things just <laughs> all the way
0: you're 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 one of my people because I definitely believe in like the white rice train versus a brown rice train but I think there's definitely room for brown rice and I'm I'm always glad when people bring it up um it's something we talk about in the group classes that I run so the essential you 101 um part of the nutrition challenge is that everyone's taking off we're completely grain free, except for white rice, if someone wants to keep it on because they're really working out hard um, and just kind of stressing out their muscles and their bodies and CrossFit or endurance or whatever. So, when we get to that part of the classes, people usually ask, like, someone will raise their hand and be like, why white rice and not brown rice? And so, with white rice, kind of my general thinking and from like a paleo primal way of thinking, What's going on is that white rice is has had its kind of outer parts, its hull and some other parts removed, it's mm-hmm. polished. So when you're looking at what white rice is, it's primarily just an easily absorbed carbohydrate. There is going to be a, a little bit of protein in it. Um, it's not going to have as much protein as brown rice, but from a digestion standpoint, it's easier for our bodies to process mm-hmm. for the most part. From a digestion standpoint, brown rice is going to be giving us a few more nutrients. Um, and it will be a little bit more difficult to digest because there's more of that total rice grain.
1: And it's more For, fibrous.
0: It's more fibrous. Right. And there's debate about fiber and good and bad fiber and where we want to be getting our types of fiber. If people want my opinion, I think we should be getting our they fiber. They do.
1: That's why they're listening to the podcast. Oh.
0: Thank you. <laughs> if, if I think fiber, the type of fiber that's feeding good bacteria in our large intestine, the type that's helping to kind of move our poop through our whole digestive tract, is going to be fiber coming from fibrous vegetables versus grains. Yeah. Grain fiber is going to be doing that too, but I just feel like when I talk about grain fiber, I just feel like it's like pokey, like feeling that in my gut. I'd rather have happy, nice vegetable fiber. Yeah. Happy, nice. Happy, nice gonna do more bodies more good dino kale dino kale i had some for breakfast Ooh, i had some for lunch
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's so crazy looking Mm -hmm. it does look prehistoric that's why they call it that right
0: i like how it cooks up too
1: yeah it's very meaty
0: yeah it doesn't taste (laughs) bitter
1: like some other kales out there in the world get it
0: together other kales so right with fiber um the other other factor when you're getting your fiber from vegetables is that they're gonna be that much more nutrient dense. They're giving you, they're colorful, they're gonna have phytonutrients, they're gonna have likely more minerals, they're gonna have vitamins, um, water, and other components that I just think they're a better total package than what a grain's gonna give you. So I'm saying all that, in general, I think if we can get our fiber from vegetables, that's gonna be a big thumbs up. However, like I was saying before, If you're an athlete that's really killing it in the gym, if you're training for some big competition, if you're trying to bulk, if you're trying to really grow your muscle, there is a place for those starchier carbohydrates to be coming in. Those starchier carbohydrates could just be coming in from kind of like tubers and root vegetables, potatoes, sweet potatoes, carrots, uh, plantains, fruit. That's all good and fine, but the actual bulk and amount of that type of starchy vegetable, if you're in that training mode, often can feel like a lot of food. Right. Because it is, and that's cool and that's great. But to have more of a quick hit of pretty pure glucose coming from a carbohydrate, that's when I like to have people think about adding in rice, specifically Mm -hmm. white rice. So I don't know. If you're trying to navigate if you should be grain-free or gluten-free or paleo or primal or vegan or vegetarian, I would say a cool place to start is to think about your activity level. Are you really active in the gym? Are you doing strength? Are you doing cardio? How do you feel? What's your recovery like? For the most part, I would say the more sedentary someone is, the easier it is for their bodies to do um, with less and fewer carbohydrates. The more active they are, I think the more those carbohydrates can be ramped up and eaten around those periods of activity. And I know, and that's basically called carb cycling, mm-hmm. and Hannah, I know you've had some experience with that. I have
1: done that. Yeah.
0: What did it feel like? Did you notice anything when you were like changing to it or from it, Um coming from like low carb? It's
1: not very hard mm-hmm. to do it. Like. It's not hard to just save your carbs for right before, during, and after your workout. And it's kind of, I mean, it's really fulfilling to eat some (laughs) carbs, like, in the middle of a workout. Yeah. That's pretty great. And afterwards, you do crave more, like, filling, starchy stuff. You just feel that. Like, it's hard to sit down and eat a salad after you work out. (laughs) Yeah. Your body doesn't want to work that hard Mm -hmm. to digest stuff. It just feels so good to eat, like, a cup of rice with other stuff on top. But You know, you feel full. That's, like, why people crave, like, burgers and pasta and stuff like that because you really want to refill your carbohydrates quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. You know I love me some (laughs) rice.
0: The other factor that people can be thinking about as well, and this is part of what's happening if you're more active versus if you're more sedentary, is what those carbohydrates are doing um, to your blood sugar levels. So another reason that carb cycling and getting in carbohydrates before and after workouts is because it's going to have a different effect on your blood sugar kind of highs and lows. If you get in all that quick energy, because carbohydrates are a source of quick energy, then you'll have that quick energy for the workout and you won't have all this extra glucose just hanging around in your bloodstream with your body trying to figure out what the heck do I do with Mm -hmm. this. That's going to be different than if you had a muffin and pancake breakfast. And then you went to work and your work is sitting for four hours before you have a bagel for lunch yeah and then you have a bagel for lunch now your blood sugar is going up it's not getting used up insulin has to be ramped up to be managing it getting into cells cool 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 but let's talk about context so thinking about your movement thinking about um if you do feel like you're someone that has lots of blood sugar highs and lows then i would say kind of defaulting to a lower carbohydrate way of eating to help get those levels back into balance while also thinking about ramping up activity. So if you are a huge fan of carbohydrates, you can bring them back into your life and it's not some death sentence that you have to be low carb or keto or Atkins or South Beach forever and that carbs are bad. No South Beach. Carbs, yeah, carbs are a tool and we can use those tools if we want to. We just have to be strategic about them. Okay, so the last reason is that um, some people might just not do so great with rice even after they figured out their blood sugar levels even if it feels decent enough on digestion you're not having a lot of gastrointestinal issues per se you still someone might have the possibility of still being sensitive to rice because it will have some amount of rice protein and that's what people can have food um, intolerances sensitivities and allergies Mm -hmm. too so rice and wheat as well you know we talk about wheat and being gluten-free and demonizing wheat and blah 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 both wheat and rice um, belong to the grass family other things that are in the grass family include rye oats barley um, sugar cane corn bamboo and the grass in your yard right <laughs> mm. Mm. so all of those would be i would say if, if someone's feeling like they don't do so great with rice, if it kind of promotes some inflammation in their body, if they get headaches after eating it, if they have some um, other types of intolerances, like they are more prone to rashes, or they feel really sleepy, or they feel more moody, they have some kind of emotional effects from bringing in rice. That could be indicating more of a sensitivity either to rice specifically or to any member of the grass family.
1: Oh, geez. Right?
0: <laughs> so uh, we always get to be on our toes when you're figuring out how bio-individual our body is.
1: I just took that test. So <laughs> I just took my food allergy test last week. So I'll be finding out. Probably the next time we record the podcast, I'll yeah. have found out. Yeah. Hopefully. I'm really crossing my fingers that I'm not allergic to rice because I
0: love it so much. It'll be really cool, I think, to get those results. Mm -hmm. And what I will say about food allergy testing, I think it totally has its place. Um, There are lots of different uh, um, markers that people can be testing with food allergy panels. So IgE, IgG, all that stuff. So there's debate about which ones are the best to indicate, blood tests, skin prick tests, all that. Um, But... At the end of the day, I'm always curious if if someone has a true allergy, yeah, they should be eating that food. You don't want to go into anaphylactic shock or get hives or anything like that. But if someone's coming ba- back with results that say low to mild, maybe even medium reactions, that often, again, to me, is indicating that their gut needs some healing mm-hmm. because their gut is overly sensitive um maybe food particles aren't getting broken down Mm -hmm. because they're stressed out or because they don't have enough stomach acid so by the time those food particles are getting to their small intestine and the small intestine is already irritated of course there's going to be a sensitivity right right? because it's just sensitive period um i'm hoping
1: that i'll I'll find out which ones are in the red category because there's some i guess it comes like green yellow orange and red Mm -hmm. and the reds are
0: like The ones that, yeah, your blood is,
1: (laughs) your body's like, fuck no. So, and then the other ones you can kind of play around with a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So I did some food allergy testing back in the fall, and I was really curious about both coffee and chocolate because I do I, I love my coffee. I'm back off of it. FYI, it's like a stupid comic over here. Like I'm on it. I love it. I hate it. I'm off it. But I'm off of it right now, and it feels really, damn good. Um. But I asked them, I was like, can you test that? And can you test me for the chocolate? Because when I have these things, my symptoms flare. Three days later, not the day of, not the day after, three days later. And those allergy tests came back totally negative. So Hmm. even though I know that they're food triggers, they might not be, I'm likely not reacting to the proteins in those foods, because that's what it would be indicating. Could be reacting to the fact that they're both fermented, they both have yeast. And that I know I have a candida yeast sensitivity. And hmm. that they feed something that I'm sensitive to. Well, that's kind of frustrating. It's kind of crazy. <sighs> but I it, just
1: wanted to be simple. I know.
0: But I say all that to reinforce the fact that I never want anyone to take anything at first glance. Yeah. Okay. Right? We have to do our own digging and advocating yeah. and figure out why exactly. Like the whys. Not just the what, but the why. Your body's just a
1: living, breathing experiment. (laughs) Enjoy. Enjoy. There are no answers. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, you
0: can come talk to us if you want. There won't be Uh, We can't tell you what to do. But we can help you explore.
1: On that note, I bought black rice and I tried it and it was good.
0: Yeah? Tasty? It was tasty. Um, Very nutrient-dense. Yes. Very pigmented.
1: Yes, that's what it said on the thing. And I was like, I'll try it. (laughs) Um, It said very nutrient-dense without the, like, shell coating. Mm -hmm. And I also tried pink rice, which is really good. Yeah. It's for desserts. Ooh. It's, like, sweet. So you can eat it with, like, I ate it with sausage, and that was really good. um, Because sausage is, like, you know, not like, has that sort of, pork has that sweeter flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really tasty. But you could, like, make a dessert with it if you, you wanted like to
0: a rosy rice pudding
1: it's like cinnamon flavored
0: oh that sounds amazing yeah
1: yeah so i actually yeah i was thinking maybe tonight i brought i bought this like coconut yogurt mm-hmm. i'm like maybe some rice with coconut yogurt yeah
0: that know. sounds really tasty yeah okay i think that's all i wanted to say um think about activity levels think about your gut health um if you're doing a like a special type of dietary protocol where you're either looking at the form of carbohydrate, like specific carbohydrate diet, or you're just kind of nixing any grains like paleo or some types of primal, Um, or you're just looking at the fact that it's a carbohydrate period, which would be types of diets like uh, low carb, keto, Atkins, South Beach, or the GAPS diet.
1: So
0: uh, that's what's up with our food rice.
1: Well, this is a different type of rice that we're going (laughs) to talk about now. We're talking about rice, like the acronym RICE, that is often used as a way of treating injuries, Mm. specifically soft tissue injury, like a sprain or a pull or like a, you know, ache that you might get from from something. RICE, the RICE protocol stands for RICE, REST, ICE, COMPRESSION, ELEVATION rice
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was really good Uh,
1: thank you so the rice protocol is probably something you've heard because it's like the it it was touted in in the 70s and 80s as like the way to treat soft tissue injuries yourself Mm -hmm. and it's become a staple of what we speak about in terms of injury recovery in a way that i would say is a little bit problematic
0: Oh snap.
1: And, and I in fact I would say it's very problematic. <laughs> oh
0: snap snap.
1: I know. <laughs> and the guy who originally coined the term rice by the way, Mr. Rice. Yeah, Señor Rice. Ugh. Um the guy who coined that term, he actually now has gone back on it and said like it's not it's an incomplete method of of discussing the problem.
0: Mm, interesting. E-
1: exactly. And he's like, "Sorry, But that's just how medicine and science work. You learn more as you go along, and then you become a better doctor, and you provide better answers. But the problem is that people don't adjust that quickly. Totally. Like, people don't adjust as quickly to science as scientists do. Yeah. Scientists have no problem with being like, oh, this thing we thought was true before we found out is not true. And... We should really figure it out.
0: Or so, there's like a trickle-down effect. Yeah, by it's the slowly. Time, the, by the time the information gets to people, everyone's it's new again. Yeah, something exactly. that's old and it's held on. Exactly. And, yeah.
1: So, yes, this term was coined in 1978 by Gabe Merkin. Mm-hmm. And actually, he wrote one of the articles that I used to sort of research this topic um, about how it's, it should actually be rephrased and recoined And that specifically that the ice portion of rice is the most problematic. So let's just talk about rice on its own. The idea is that you rest and is in relative rest, like avoid the things, avoid overusing the area of the body that you have an injury in. Like let's say in this example, let's say you have sprained your ankle.
0: Yep. I did
1: that. Yes, you did. So we'll say this rest is is don't use this ankle anymore. Mm Ice. Ice. Sit there and ice your soft tissue immediately after the injury occurs, and for up to, uh, and for up to six days. Wow. Um, and it will help relieve the pain and prevent swelling by decreasing blood flow to the area. Hold on to that thought. Mm-hmm. You're gonna reduce pain and prevent swelling, reduce inflammation, and prevent blood flow to the area. No.
0: Yeah. I, that already makes me feel uncomfortable. Yep.
1: Compression. Compression, you could use something like an ACE bandage, for example, and you're going to wrap that area pretty tight. Not so tight that it loses all access to uh, blood flow, but so that you can immobilize the joint and also reduce swelling and inflammation. Okay. Elevation. You're going to elevate your joint or elevate the ankle, in this case, um, above the level of your heart, so that blood flow is reduced to that area, which will reduce swelling and inflammation. Also, they prescribe, usually with the RICE method, the use of anti-inflammatory medications. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I feel like you can just tell what the problem
0: is. (laughs) You better just say it anyway, though. Well, what
1: is inflammation in your body? Like, why does your body get inflamed?
0: It's trying to protect you. It's
1: trying to heal you. Yeah. It's trying to fix you. When your your body gets inflamed from the stuff you put in in your gut, it's an attempt to heal you. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're getting a fever, which is inflammation, if you're getting a fever, that's your body's reaction to uh, t- attempting to heal you. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting inflammation in the area of pain, <laughs> that is your body doing what it naturally does to heal your dang body. Right? Preach! Of course, the RICE protocol does work for immediate pain re- re- reducing. Yeah. So, And that's why it became so popular is because, you know, an athlete would step off the field with a sprained ankle or a twisted knee or some pain that happened from overstretching the soft tissue, and or they would have maybe a some pain in their tendon, something like that. They'd step off, and as soon as you reduce the inflammation in the area, there's yeah, of course it doesn't hurt as much. Right. Um, you can ice it; that will numb it, and you know remove blood flow. Yeah, that's gonna reduce how much it hurts.
0: But for six days.
1: Right. Well. Woo. Right. But even for longer than six hours, yeah. is going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. So that this whole the whole thinking around this has really changed. Um, partly because there were a lot of studies that were done afterwards about specifically about icing and about um, inflammation, mm. and they all found that there was almost no evidence that linked ice and compression with increased healing time, and. Um, Yeah, like one of the things in a study that was done in 2013, athletes were forced to exercise so intensely that they developed severe severe muscle damage. God. (laughs) And intense muscle soreness. Um, The cooling with the ice delayed swelling, but it didn't change the amount of swelling, it just delayed it. And it did not hasten any recovery from the damage. And then a summary that was done of 22 scientific articles found no connection between ice and compression with increased healing times. Mm. So a lot of work has been done and after the fact to say, actually, uh, there's nothing to say that this would help. So if you think about inflammation, that's your physiological process that you need to have in order to fix areas. You want to, ha-
0: yeah. You want to have good pro-inflammatory processes, yeah. Just like you want good anti-inflammatory processes,
1: yeah. And the physiological process that, that your body goes through is inflame, repair, and remodel. Mm. So that's why we get like um, we talked about this with like muscle growth. That you get that in that inflammation, that initial inflammation when you have done something,
0: like that pump.
1: Yeah, you get that pump. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you might even have it last for like a day afterwards. And then your body is working to repair your muscle and then remodel, so restructure and build and grow. Um, when you have an injury, it's the same idea. Like your bicep tendon is flaring up. Well, it needs to be inflamed in order to repair and remodel um, and get better. And you can't have tissue repair without inflammation. It's an essential piece. Yeah. So um, the inflammatory cells that enter The system that's being damaged which we've talked about with hypertrophy uh and the fibroblasts Mm -hmm. that flow into the area are a natural part of the inflammatory phase and they're really necessary to rebuilding the structures that are being damaged there so if you're doing ice like immediately after it better be just as a treatment for for pain
0: yeah there's
1: no other reason to do it
0: for your comfort right yeah
1: if you can if you can just rest without pain then don't don't Worry about the ice mm-hmm. portion. If the ice is necessary to actually reduce the initial amount of pain, then fine, you can do that. Um, like st- people will still will recommend that. It's when you start using it as a form of treatment, yeah. rice as a form of treatment, that it becomes really problematic. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, when I was in college and I was having t- issues with my shoulder, um, I was asked. I had to ice every morning and every night after softball. They would make me go. And get, and get ice and wear it for up to an hour wow. on my shoulder. And then I was taking anti-inflammatory medications four to six times a day. Ooh. So I had all I had no inflammation going on anymore yeah. in my shoulder, which means I never healed. Mm-hmm. And the injury got worse until the point where it tore. Right. So screw that. Yeah. Athletic trainers, like, don't always have a very good background with these things because, you know, you might have an athletic trainer that's not really... I mean, they're not a scientist. They're working on. They're actively working, like in with five different teams, to just make sure people don't don't break their ankles and stuff.
0: And they might only see people in that short term. And I don't come from a sports background, but maybe they're only seeing people for a season or two, and they're not understanding that longer term effect of using the um, the chemical. Anti-inflammatories and using these other processes that are always, yeah, exactly what you're saying, decreasing inflammation. Yeah,
1: I mean, essentially, what the rice thing does is just delays your pain, and it might prevent you from feeling pain um, because you're not actually healing mm-hmm. your wounds. I mean, I, I can't even tell you the amount of times that I would go in and to get to get iced, and then um, I would see five people next to me getting their ankles taped. Yeah. And so, like, they basically just use this idea of compression. Mm-hmm and icing as the primary method of treatment. That's scary. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while it gets e or something like that, but yeah. that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and so this idea, the RICE protocol, it's, compl- it's 100% based on reducing inflammation to the area, and it's totally – it's so limiting, and it doesn't really – it, it's it's what people use all the time, like what they say you should, oh, you should ice that, you should ice that. Mm-hmm. I hate that. And I overhear people say that to each other because I'm mm-hmm.
0: like, no. <laughs> no, if you
1: just fell down yeah. in class because you just twisted your ankle or you, you went running and you, like, just twisted your ankle or you just got knocked around a little bit and you're, like, on the ground incapacitated, yes, now's a good time for ice. Yeah, Now's a good time for um some elevation and maybe compression to to immediately reduce the pain Mm -hmm. but after that you need to move on to a more therapeutic approach to active recovery approach
0: that's what I mean when you're talking about all this it reminds me of when I sprained my ankle and it was the first time I'd ever sprained an ankle again was not the kid to be um, putting myself in positions to be spraining my ankle so never had that growing up so when it finally happened a couple years ago I was like oh this is this is intense okay get it I get it Um, but I remember I iced enough so that I was able to go drive home because I wasn't near my house and then once I got home I was like yeah this doesn't I think doesn't feel good no I wanted as soon as I could to be able to get some like weight on it and get some movement yes, going for it
1: absolutely so there's a different protocol that has been created that people use now um, it's called the meat protocol <laughs> you know I love that yeah <laughs> so the first part is movement Um, Which is exactly what you said. As soon as you have the opportunity to do it without severe pain, uh, you need to be moving that area Mm -hmm. in a controlled way. Slow. You're not trying to go back in and just, like, do your hardest workout of of your day. But if you uh, sprain your ankle, like, sooner rather than later, you need to start moving your ankle through different ranges of motion. In order to, uh, first of all, restart some blood flow to the area. Because turns out.
0: (laughs) You want that blood flow. Turns out you
1: need that blood flow. Um, It'll help you. You know, moving, moving that limb will help you, you know, actually increase the amount of healing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Moving blood into the system will help move some of those inflammatory um, elements through the system, the inflammatory cells, and help you actually recover faster.
0: And moving your blood circulation, too, is also going to move, lim- it's going to help in lymphatic flow. Yes. We need our lymph system to help us detoxify. Exactly.
1: Too. And it's going to help you also remove uh excess collagen fibers that would create scars scar Mm. tissue in there so if you're just sitting there static you're going to start to create scar tissue around the area to heal to try to protect that area you got to move in order to to reduce that um and there's been a lot of studies on that like tons of studies have shown that Mm. you have to move afterwards instead of just trying to completely immobilize the area in order to help you fix uh, a soft tissue problem. Obviously if you broke your damn bone, don't do that.
0: No. Like well, let me just
1: be clear this whole thing is referring to soft tissue injury. If you broke something, you need to like
0: you need to mobilize it because of just what you were saying too. Like that's where not scar tissue, but if you're thinking about a bone, That bone needs that time to be able to stitch itself as much as it can. Yeah.
1: So you need to go to the hospital and get that taken care of. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was – yeah, I had an immobilizer on my ankle when, you know, like when you wear a boot. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have, like, a fracture in your foot, they're going to put you in a boot because you can't – that's different. Right. Injuring your bone – or in my case, there was uh, so much swelling around the bone – like those, those are cases where it calls for reduced inflammation, mm. because the inflammation is the problem, not the solution. Right. But if you get, it, if you have a soft tissue injury, you need that inflammation to happen. So just to clarify, mm. the, that's the first part, movement. The second part is exercise, which is kind of a a vague term, I know. But the idea is that as soon as you no longer have, um, that severe pain, like if you, if you have range of motion back from the movement portion of things. You need to start getting, moving through some exercises to continue to use that range of motion and continue to increase blood flow and uh, inc- improve your chances of recovery. But, you know, like it's like I said, it's not going to like be like you jump in right away and do heavy back squats. You're probably going to come back and just do air squats for a little while. Yeah. Or maybe when everyone's running, you're walking. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're doing... Uh, something a little bit more static.
0: Yeah, you're introducing gentle movements. Yes,
1: but you have to move. Yeah. And uh, physical therapists are always the first to say that. As soon as you come in with an injury, they're like, okay, well, what are you doing for exercise? Yeah. People are like, oh, nothing. I've just been staying off it. They're like, no, 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 no it's going to get worse. <laughs> you also need the muscle structures to support the injury yeah, too and support right. your body and make sure you can recover. The third thing is analgesics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, we're talking about... Um, pain relievers that are not anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. So, like, acetaminophen is one of them. Um, but also, they uh, I was ta- reading one article, and they were talking about protolytic enzymes, which sure. I, you know all about those. Sure do. I use protolytic enzymes to speed the recovery I'm in my low back when I had herniated a disc in my L4, L5, and that yeah. really helped. Yeah. It helped to reduce the pain overall, but it also helped me get better faster yeah. without taking – a bunch of anti inflammatory drugs.
0: And I use them too when I sprain my ankle. And it's like you can almost it you can't totally just like feel it happening, but I swear I took it, maybe it's placebo. I was like, oh yeah, you yeah. notice something's going on.
1: Yeah. So analgesics that's kind of a hard one to remember, but the A <laughs> Yeah it, it's it, what what comes in mind is A would stand for anti inflammatory, but that's the opposite of what you want. Yeah. You don't want to take anti inflammatory drugs during that time. Unless the inflammation is the problem, so like...
0: How about how about A for alternative anti inflammation? Yeah, alternative, <laughs>
1: yeah, or something. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the T stands for treatments. Mm. So that's referring to a wide variety of treatments that are, like, could be anything from visiting a physical therapist to, um, like, getting very specific treatment from your PT or from your doctor. True. Like, one of the types of therapy that's done or suggested is prolotherapy. And essentially the, the goal is that they over, they irritate the area that is no longer reacting to inflammation mm-hmm. and to create inflammation sure. and healing response. One of the methods they're using is actually re-irritating the area to try to regenerate some sort of healing. Um, and I think that's mostly done in the back.
0: Do you think that um, this is not, this wouldn't fall under that header, but it reminds me of like people who use like tiger balm. Like top, yeah. topically to sure. promote circulation? Absolutely. Anything yeah.
1: that would promote, any type of therapy that would promote circulation in the area would be good. Yeah. So like voodoo bands, for uh-huh. example, would be a nice way to do that on your own or with a friend. Um, you could wrap the area and purposely irritate it through like movement uh, while it's under compression. Mm-hmm. And then you remove the wrap and that will immediately surge blood flow back into the area mm-hmm. and cause temporary inflammation. Yeah. And actually really, really works nicely for that. Cool. I've used that for tendinosis for a lot of people or tendinitis for people. Um, so there's a lot of different ones you could do. Like active release therapy could work as well. Like there's lots of things that you could do therapy wise or treatments wise. So those, that's what the MEAT thing stands for. And I like that a lot, except for I want to add to it. <laughs> yeah. So instead yeah. of MEAT, like M-E-A-T, I'm going to make it
0: Let's all say it together.
1: Meats. M-M-M-E-E-A-T-S. I know. Sorry.
0: Uh, No, don't apologize. I love that. So
1: here's what I'm, uh, here's how I'm going to get you to remember it. The first M stands for movement, which we've already talked about. The second M stands for mobility. Oh, there you go. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Surprise. when you're recovering from an injury or just even a minor tweak or soft tissue pain, it's going to be really important during that time to make sure you're mobilizing the rest of your tissues and that you're not staying static. Mm. So if you're having an issue, like you maybe pulled uh, your hamstring or something like that, you're going to help yourself. You will serve yourself by uh, mobilizing both your hamstring but also your low back, your IT band, your quads, making sure the rest of your tissue is supple and able to be responsive. Mm. Um, also when you're doing mobility and you're spending time in a pose you are you are activating your blood flow to that area. Right. So that's going to be another way to help re- you know reduce that uh pain there and yeah, in- increase your healing. Massage ah, is the third M.
0: Love that. We all want to get to that third M. Let's sure, be real. Exactly. And we
1: could <laughs> just stick that under treatment, but I do mm-hmm. think it deserves a spot of its own because you can do self or, you know, you can actually get massage, or you can do self-massage. Yeah. But, like, if you're having a tweaky area, you should absolutely, like, rub that area. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, st- add some circulation to the tissue around it if you can't physically touch it. Mm-hmm. But increase blood flow in any way that you can. Mm-hmm. And also help your tissues relax and soften as much as possible so that your – that scar tissue can – Uh, you know prevent it from growing and also so that just like your muscle fiber and um everything can be nice and soft and responsive Mm. exercise we already talked about and then eating is the second e eating i know because if you yeah if you're trying to get your body to heal and i know we talked about inflammation being a good thing in your in the area that is being responded to. Mm-hmm. But if the rest of your body is experiencing inflammation, it's mm-hmm. going to have a harder time narrowing that inflammation to the right areas.
0: Yeah, this is where we get into that systemic versus acute. Inflammation. Exactly,
1: exactly. Acute inflammation can be helpful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if, if you have systemic inflammation and you're trying to address acute inflammation, you're going to find that much harder to do. You might have more stiffness in that joint or stiffness overall. Um, it might be harder to actually get that right exercise that you need because you're not feeling very up to it. No. But anything that you can do to get as many vitamins into your system, vitamins, minerals, and um, I would anti-inflammatory foods, the better. Yeah,
0: I would jump in, too, and say that um, something big to go reference, because we had a podcast about it where we talked about omegas, um, our, our omega-3 and omega-6, Essential fatty acids, you have to be getting them through foods, you're not making them in your body. And omega-3s are going to be, considered consider them our anti-inflammatories, and omega-6s are our pro-inflammatories, and you need good quality sources of those, both of them, just like I say in that podcast, and you need to be getting them in the right quantities.
1: hmm So that's the eating portion of things. Analgesics, treatment, and then the last one is sleep. Sleep. Let's be honest. The best thing you can do for yourself when you're treating an injury is sleep as long as possible. Because that is when your body is doing its best work on recovery.
0: I'm so glad you added that.
1: Yeah. So this is your new acronym. (laughs) Meat. Meat. Next time you're hurting, something is irritating you, you feel mildly inflamed, don't think rice. Don't (laughs) think meat. Think (laughs) meets <laughs> yes so for athletes for anyone this is a very important thing to, for you to understand especially and it, and honestly people will give you pushback on this like I will suggest to people to do this meets protocol and like you need to come in you need to be stretching you need to be moving that area you need to be doing it in a controlled manner where you're you know for, taking your body through the full range of motion and they're always like no I'm just gonna Take two weeks off and ice it. I'm like, all right, I'll see you in two weeks when you re-injure that area. Yeah. Like, almost immediately. Good luck. You can't just take two weeks off of your sport and then just do that sport again.
0: And will I will also add uh, the idea that if they're going to, like, kind of be down on themselves and, um, like, hanging out on the couch, they're probably going to be eating maybe, like, ice cream and, just like, saying. shitty food. Just yeah. saying. And those are all very pro-inflammatory in the way that we... Don't want them to be exactly. AKA they're pro-inflammatory for that systemic inflammation. Yes.
1: Okay. I have um, I have another ad- to add to the t tea- to the meats. Yeah. It's gonna be <laughs> meats. The second T is gonna be talk to your coach Aww. or talk to your trainer, because if you want to follow this protocol, that movement exercise piece. Um, you're going to need to understand, like, which movements are going to irritate and which movements aren't. Honestly, you can f- you can figure that out through some experimentation, but you, what you don't want to do is come in and just read the workout of the day, do it as written without any sort of, you know, modification because you're feeling like you don't want to say something. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah this don't. exercise is important, but it's not the type of exercise you're th- – you're not throwing weights over your head if you just – you know, if you At have a sh- inflamed don't. shoulder. Yeah, don't. Yeah, instead you, you can do some slow – like arm extensions or presses with like a one pound plate, something right. to add just a little resistance or the band, right. something that helps you move, but is not going gonna...
0: to therapeutic. But not yeah, healthy.
1: you're not yeah. trying to increase the inflammation around the shoulder yeah. in different, you know, in, in different muscle groups right. or cause that irritation to be greater.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, can I also just say, please never get a cortisone shot yeah. in your arm yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I know people do that. I know a lot of people, doctors will recommend it. I don't know why. Because essentially what it does is removes pain removes the idea that you might be inflamed or in pain and just lets you injure that area even more. I
0: think it goes back really to what's happening with rice too, where it's that short term versus the long term. Yes. So in the short term, yeah, we no one wants to feel pain, especially if it's really acute pain. Yes. But in the long term, we do want to have pain signals because that's our body talking to us. Yes. And so we can it. It tells you it. what is the
1: right movement and what yeah. is not going to work for you. Please um, like go for the all the other things first. <laughs> you know, mobilize. Try to fix your crappy heart first, get some massage. Go to a chiropractor. Go to a body worker. Go to your PT. Figure out somebody who can help you strategize before you just give up and say, "I better shoot myself full of a drug."
0: The thing about that too is that it's it. If you have that injury, any of the stuff that's going to be kind of holistically therapeutic for it, any of your meaty is that it's going to be incorporated into lifestyle, yes. and it's something that you have to be thinking about instead of. Kind of giving up, sitting on the couch, getting a shot, and icing it. Yep. You got to put work into it. Yeah. it's going to be really rewarding
1: work. Yes, you must put the work in. Please, please. I think sometimes people don't want to put the work in because they feel like the injury happened to them, like it was something that was put on them. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I hurt my shoulder because of snatches. And you're like, okay, well, you hurt your shoulder because you have no spinal mobility, Because you sit at a desk for 14 hours a day because you don't participate in the warm-ups because you don't feel a need to have a protocol around the way that you move. And then you tried to snatch 150 pounds. Sure. That's why you got hurt.
0: Yeah. And also maybe you're not feeling in your body Mm -hmm. and you're feeling like you have to show up and be really big and that's only Mm -hmm. if you're not trusting your body. Yes.
1: So... It's like, it's important to recognize, and we all make those mistakes. And if you get injured as a result of that, like offloading the injury onto something that happened to you versus something that you're experiencing and that you were a part of makes it so that you can just do the RICE protocol and call it a day. But if you see it as like, oh, part of my training is that I mess up sometimes or I do things in a, you know, like, oops, I went too hard and I squatted a lot yesterday and today I decided to run anyway. Or just today, I decided to um, push it as hard as I could anyway, knowing I was really sore and something started to flare. It's okay; you make people make those mistakes, right. but it's important to step back and say, "All right, so now, how can I actively make sure that that I both recovered this pain mm-hmm. and I can, you know, move forward in a healthy way?" Right. We just had an athlete do that in like the most remarkable way. Mm. This person like did a heavy deadlift workout and then sprinted afterwards, oh, which is a tricky combination and felt like a pop in their hamstring and um took the appropriate number of days off like three or four days of recovery um stretched during that time walked around tried to do some like really limited stuff and then came back nice and slow and like took it easy and is now back to in like less than three weeks is back to performing awesome at the same rate you yeah, know yeah. because like he took the time instead of just saying okay I guess I better take three weeks off Right. took a couple of days off came in like you know saw it as an opportunity rather than a, a some, rather than a bad luck
0: yep totally yep <laughs>
1: There's so, my little soapbox for you.
0: Um, you know what's funny is that it's been so long since we've done one of these episodes. Is that we almost forgot about challenges for each other. Oh, but we gotta do the So, do you have a challenge for me?
1: Um, do you have any sticky parts of your body right now? Always. You do. <laughs> I'm the stickiest. Okay, <laughs> I'm the stickiest. Um, so yeah, let me think.
0: How about let's go back to my ankle because it's been two years and I still okay. notice that. Um, it doesn't hurt, but I—it's I, sticky. Okay, There's here's my challenge for you. Then. Yeah.
1: Before next time, before you work out or do anything uh, on your ankle, I want you to spend five minutes doing range of motion exercises. So purposely pushing your range of motion as far as you can. Like even if you just stand on one foot and push all the way through your toe, mm-hmm. and then push, put pick your toe all the way up. Mm-hmm. Do sides of your feet. Um, and then, like, do some ankle rolling and some stretching in both directions mm-hmm. front back side or all four directions, side-side. Um, and then do some just, like, some simple activators, standing on one leg, a couple of jumps on one leg, um, maybe, like, hopping over a line yeah, back yeah. and forth a few times and just spend five minutes doing that. And s- tell me if you notice any difference when you're actively working out.
0: Okay. I can do that. Okay. Cool. Um, my challenge for you, I feel like... <sighs> We've already done this challenge because we work with carbohydrates with you <laughs> <laughs> so my challenge i'm going to open it up to people who are listening my challenge is um emma and i had this great workshop a couple months ago when the open first started it was called macros and it was the open recovery workout macros and mobility which really fits in quite nicely with what we've been talking about but part of what i really emphasized in that workshop was making sure that you're getting in those carbohydrates if you're really, like, going ball to the wall with your workouts, getting in some pre-workout carbohydrates and some post-workout carbo- carbohydrates. And okay. And not just choosing one, but doing both. Okay. So, check it out if you're doing that. Here's a little hint. Aim for a quicker digesting carbohydrate pre-workout and more of a slower digesting carbohydrate post-workout. Sounds good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Try it out. Okay. Let me know how it feels when you are in the workout. Okay. Okay, cool.
1: Okay. K- 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 okay. K- 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 bye. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. This has been Rice and Rice. Yeah. It's so nice to be back. Uh, but this has been a great episode. We are excited to be back and also then take a break again for a week. Yeah. Uh, so. Spring break. Yeah. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks after Merkel. spring break. All right. Lucia, before we go. Yeah.
0: Hold wow, on.
1: We almost walked right out the door.
0: We're this out of practice.
1: We forgot to say. Number one, you can catch us on iTunes cool. and you can please leave a review. <laughs> thanks can, to <laughs> thanks to our friend Lindsay for, for propping us up. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you for that. Sure do. And then also thank you to Taj Ruler, the best producer in the world, who is who came with me to Chicago this weekend and <gasps> bought the cutest shoes.
0: <gasps> nice, Taj.
1: Anyway, have a wonderful day, everybody. We'll see you in a few weeks. Bye.
0: Bye. Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit Com. That's dot com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcona CrossFit. See you there.